HDRadioNetwork.com. It's time to sit down and shut up. Hollering with Hammer, your host David Hammer brings you on a journey. Nothing is off limits. Everything is left on the table. The one, the only, the incomparable David Hammer is your host. Give him a call, 774-745-5950. It's time for Hollering with Hammer. Let's go up to the broadcast booth with your host, David Hammer. How's everybody doing tonight? It's the Hollywood Hamster on VictoryLaneRadio.com. So last show of 2016, very excited about 2017. We got a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of guests lined up, a lot of just nothing going to go. The, the month of January, we're just going to be uncensored pretty much the whole month. Um, I had no guests lined up for January. I did that on purpose. Got a lot of stuff to get out, a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm uh, just looking forward to that. Tonight, though, on the show, we're going to have Matt Mills, a NASCAR truck driver for uh, Team SS. Team SS Greenlight Racing, the 07 Chevy Silverado, Thompson Electric Incorporated. And also, we're going to have uh, Steve from Racing Underdogs will be calling in along with Matt Mills. And also tonight, Calvin Cooler. Uh, he's a retired soldier, a music producer, and an author. And uh, that connection was made through Scott Sanders, who does the program quite frequently, former Major League Baseball player Scott Sanders. So that, that ought to be interesting tonight. And uh, once again, tonight, you know, kid-friendly for the children. Everybody can listen, your grandmother, whoever. So we're looking forward to that tonight. Everybody, uh, holler over the hammer, Victory Lane Radio, VictoryLaneRadio.com. So, uh, so yes, just waiting tonight. Um, funny thing, earlier today, I was, uh, I was watching, I was watching, uh, Facebook Live, and it was, uh, Kenny Wallace, race car driver. And it was just like an observation that I made when I was watching it that Kenny Wallace had, he was filming a Facebook Live from some kind of event somewhere. I don't even know like what it was, it was like a dirt track indoor or something. It might have been monster truck. And he was just filming, and people left and right just kept, kept on coming up to him, like, hey, say hello to, say hello to my cousin. Like, like they were filming him with their phones while he was Facebook Live in the event. And it was just like, it was just crazy how like, you know, like, you know, celebrities, they, they get out there, you know, and Kenny Walsh is known in the race world. And, you know, it's, it, it was just a funny observation that I made, like people coming up to him. I mean, it was like 50 people in a row and they were filming him with their phones while he was sitting there with his wife. And I think like his grandkid or, or maybe he's got a new kid. I don't know, but he was sitting there with like a kid in, in, in his wife's watching an event, filming it, and people were filming him saying, oh, say hello to my grandmother, say hello to my brother, blah, blah, blah. So Facebook Live, man, I, I enjoy Facebook Live. There's a lot of nonsense. Facebook Live, people go live. I go live all the time, actually. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of them things. You don't think about it. People, people just walking around. And I notice it, people just walk around now with their cell phones. Like, literally just walking around with their cell phones out, not paying attention to nothing that's going on. I see people walk in front of cars all day long. And as a truck driver, I have to be aware of people walking with their cell phones. People will literally walk out on their cell phone and just not care. They don't even look across the street, nothing. You know, if I hit one of these fools, not only do I lose my license, I'm sure I'm getting sued. You know, I lose my job because I lose my license. You know, it's just things like that. 
people people just don't think people have zero common sense when it comes to comes to stuff. People get off your cell phones when you're walking across the street. I mean, be easy. Think about that. Somebody hits you, it kills you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're just right now. We're just waiting for Steve from Racing Underdog to call in. We're gonna talk a little Wyoming football. I'm gonna put him on the spot when uh, when he calls in. Put him right on the spot. And, uh, talk a little Wyoming while we wait for Matt Mills. But yeah, I just I see a lot of weird stuff, and it bothers me. We're gonna get into a lot of that. And we're gonna be completely uncensored with it in 2017 steve's on we're going to be completely uncensored so so with that said uh steve from racing underdogs is on steve how you doing tonight uh, i'm wet and cold and it's snowing pretty bad so uh yeah good friday yeah the, you know, it's funny me and you were talking earlier and uh you know, a, a lot of conversations that me and you have would, would be funny on the air. Um, you know, we were talking about, like, snow and drivers and stuff. You know, we do a little dusting out here, and nobody can drive. And you think, you know, I lived in Wyoming and, you know, out west in the places that you live and, you know, work every day. And, you know, I'm sure you're not late to work every day, right? I am not. I'll, I get up early, got to struggle the sidewalk, and then try to get there uh, as best I can without without wrecking. It was pretty icy. It's been a pretty rough couple of weeks. I'm kind of already for like 30 degree weather instead of these teens and stuff in the tens and single digits. So. Yeah. Wyoming is, Wyoming is one of these funny places. Um, you know, it's pretty much August. You can start getting snow and it kind of doesn't usually stop until right around April. Um, so that's right. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about here with Wyoming BYU? I get a lot. Of, I'm a gambler, as everybody knows. Um, was degenerate with it. Always been a Wyoming fan. Never bet my teams. BYU yeah. is always nice. There, there's you can't yeah. you you can't never really bet against BYU. They always have a squad. But this year, the way Wyoming built itself, the way Bulls came over and, and built this plan. As, a, as somebody who lives in Wyoming and follows the team, like, A, what do you think about Bulls that he's enacted his plan here? And, and B, what do you think Wyoming's odds are at beating BYU? You know, I, <laughs> it's so hard to tell because this team's all over the place. They're so young. But to be honest, uh, all the big games where they've been underdogs, they've really overperformed. The defense has stepped up. Um, their young quarterback has stepped up. So, I think it's like an eight-and-a-half-point spread. It's, it's a pretty big one uh, in favor of BYU. But uh, Wyoming, I would expect to be pretty stout if the defense actually knows their assignments. Uh, you know, this is a team that hung with Nebraska for three quarters before falling apart on offense and uh, took it to Boise State. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a legitimate shot at it. So the entire student section and school section for Wyoming uh, sold out at San Diego for the point set bowl. So everyone's going to be there, at least pretty much the whole state of Wyoming. Uh, we'll be supporting uh, supporting the team, and so you hope if they travel well um, and they don't get don't let it get to their head that they they might have a shot at it. It's been a long time since they've even been in the bowl since 2011 and since 2009 since their last win. So it would be huge for the state. Everyone's been in an awesome mood uh, for the last few months around here with a good football team. Helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. See, even when even when Wyoming you know had its garbage years. The fans still turned out. Like the fans really never, you know, turned their back on Wyoming. But the issue, the issue always was, you know, coaching. Uh, coaching was always seemed to be the major issue. And what I was saying about Bowles was, a, were you excited when you heard that signing, knowing what he did in the Dakotas, like he did, or were you reluctant? You know, saying, oh, you know, division, you know, what is he, division 1A guy coming in or division 2 guy coming in here, you know, after after all these other coaches that we've had? <laughs> you have to be skeptical because no matter how good your coach is, any good recruit is not looking at Wyoming as the place they want to go to school and they can go to San Diego or even New Mexico. So, uh, you know, the fact that he's gotten in this group of guys, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised after a two-win season last year to go to eight wins, I mean, that's huge, especially with a team as young as they are. So um, I was not expecting much. I just thought we were kind of 
especially with the current economy and the energy sector being down, I thought it was more money the state was uh, throwing away, but uh, pleasantly surprised, and hopefully uh, they go on to win the Mountain West Conference next year. They just missed out on it this year, but they look like they're going in the right direction, so I'd kind of I had to eat some crow around town for, for what my original thoughts were, but uh, he's, he's proved me wrong. See, yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize is when you're, when you're Division you're division One, obviously. Um, actually, we're gonna, we'll get back to that after this. Right now, on the line, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Driver, the 07 Chevy Silverado Thompson Electric, Inc., Matt Mills joins us. Matt, how you doing tonight? Not too bad. How about yourself? I'm oh, doing well. I'm very glad you could make it on the Hot Room with Hammer show on VictoryRainRadio.com tonight um, with Steve from Racing Underdogs and myself. Um, we're just going to get right into uh, to some questions, and uh, I'll turn it over to Steve with the first question. Steve, go ahead. Yeah, Matt. I mean, uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind last few months, but it was announced back in June that you were uh, going to be tapped to drive uh, a few races for the Zero um, Seven SS Greenlight Chevy in the Camping World Truck Series. Um, you know, you've you worked a lot locally and, and on a national basis, just not on a touring basis, such as you know the Truck Series. So, kind of, how did all that come about? Great. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like anybody else. You know, NASCAR is where you want to be. Um, that's where everybody sets their goals. And uh, it started out at the beginning of the season. We were all set to run late models. You know, I'd already been running modifieds and our own outlaw late models and. Uh, we just kind of like started looking at our budget that we had for the year and talking to our manager and we we're just like, why, why are we still running late models? We, we need to, if we're going to do this, we need to go. So, uh, you know, we got hooked up with the right people, um, made a trip down to North Carolina and started talking to Bobby daughter, who's a great guy and a great guy you want to align yourself with. And things just kind of took about and then Bristol came. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, what's, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Steve. No, I said, uh, I was just going to ask, uh, your first start was at Bristol. You finished 27th and, uh, you were kind of tasked originally just bringing the truck home in one piece. So I was just going to see if you could describe that weekend. The pretty, like one of the top five races for truck series is, is at Bristol or Martinsville or Talladega or Daytona. So, uh, for that to be your first start, were you nervous or, um, <laughs> just describe that weekend? Yeah. You know, um, Basically, the opportunity came up because of the approval process, you know, um, being approved for a half mile. He was either go to Bristol or wait all the way until uh, Martinsville in October. And we really just had to cap go on that opportunity that we had. And just um, we had one option to where we had to just do it. And um, it was a risk. We had to do it. And um, it, it was very stressful. It's hard to make your debut at Bristol. It's a lot to take in especially being a one-day event in the truck series. Uh, but the main goal is just go out there, be respectful, um, bring the truck home in one piece, and that's what we had to do, and we capitalized on it. And at the end of the night, everybody was pleased, um, and it got me approved for even bigger tracks. But, yeah, it's uh, Bristol is a lot to take in, no matter if it's your first start in a truck or, you know, your first time ever going there. So, um, it was a lot to take in for sure, but I wouldn't change it. Um, it was, it was very memorable for me. Once again, everybody who's just tuning in, this is the Holler with Hammer Show on VictoryLaneRadio.com. And joining us is Matt Mills, NASCAR craftsman, truck driver, the 07 Chevy Silverado Thompson Electric Incorporated. Matt, I got a question for you. Um, you had made four starts in a truck series. What driver? did you find the most helpful? Like what other drivers in the series gave you a hand you know, with any kind of racing knowledge or like any kind of help that they were able to uh, give you that benefited you during races? Um, yeah. You know, I talked to Tommy Joe Martins a little bit, um, Kenny Peters and a bunch of guys like that. Um, going to these tracks where they have experience that you try to definitely go to them and just, you know, get to like a basic, uh, talk from them, you know, what to expect, um, going into the race, how, you know, how is the track going to change? So you, you know what to expect, but, um, it's a lot to take in, you know, each track you go to was a first for me. So 
Um, every every track felt so different to me, and like I said, it was a lot to take in. But Garrett Smithley was, you know, right there beside me for uh, my races, and he's been a big role model to me this year. He's uh, a guy just like me with a budget right about to what I have, and um, he's taught me a lot. And he's, like I said, he's been my role model this year a little bit, and uh, he's definitely starting to show the path path for uh, these lower budget guys who are trying to make it with no money again. And yeah, um, yeah, Hammer mentioned you made four starts, uh, three more after Bristol. Um, so what'd you learn from the, the starts on the bigger tracks, uh, way bigger than anything you've been on before, including I believe Texas, correct? Uh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, we went to New Hampshire, then, uh, Texas and back to Phoenix. Um, going to New Hampshire was, it, that's a tough racetrack. Um, where I got the experience, uh, air, that was what tripped me up the most. It was just, I never felt that before. Um, the air coming off these big bulldozer trucks. I mean, it was just so, so odd, but, um, it was definitely a learning curve going to New Hampshire. And then when we went to Texas, it was the same exact thing. Just trying to deal with the air. You were not only racing the trucks, but you, you just, you had to, um, race the air and almost use it to your, advantage and it would be a disadvantage at times so um that's basically what i took from those tracks um it's not anything you can learn anywhere else so um it's a learning curve for sure hey matt one yeah. one quick question um what are your plans for 2018 uh yeah you know i've been asked that question in the most most than two weeks um <laughs> But plans right now are Xfinity Series. I can't go in too depth with it right now because um, the team we're working with hasn't quite announced it yet. But uh, Xfinity is in my plans for next year, and um, we haven't got it all budgeted for, but we're working every day to get that closer and closer. Um, we're Like I said, I'm a low-budget guy, so we're doing everything we can. We're scratching and crawling for every little bit, and it goes right to the racing fund. So, um, But uh Xfinity for next year, Matt Mills racing. Yeah, you you kinda worked up your way though, the old fashioned way. Not many people do it anymore. You worked on your old cars, you built your own cars on late model. Um and uh, how many opportunities are out there like the one I guess Bobby Dodder presented for drivers trying to work their way up that way? Uh are they that prevalent anymore? Because obviously if you have something cooking in Xfinity in the Xfinity series it's it's paid off in one way or another, right? Yeah, you know, I wish there was more opportunities like that out there. Um, you know, it's sad to say, um, you know, I, I love this sport, but it is about money anymore. Um, if it wasn't for Thompson Electric, the sponsor I have, it would have been tough to get the deal. Um, so you really just don't see that anymore. I wish it would come back, but I understand why it is that way now. Um, but really, I just... Uh, I got noticed at the right time running a late model race, and um, that's how it all came to be. And uh, it, it's, it's a tough deal. You know, there's a lot of good racers out there in the country in the same spot as I am or um, below that who they, they, they won't make it because um, they, they won't have the almighty dollar. But um, So I wish it would go back to that because there's a lot of good race car drivers out there. Um, but, yeah, I... I just can't thank Bobby Dodder for the opportunity that he gave me. And uh, I can't thank Thompson Electric for coming on board this year and coming on board for next year, too. Yeah, Matt, one one more quick question from me. Um, you recently went out to Vegas for the Richard Petty dry, uh, driving experience. What was that like? For you as a you know a young talent coming up in NASCAR, what was that like for you to be there and be around all them you know legends and stuff like that? Yeah, it, the Petty Experience. It's a great group of guys to work with. Um, it's cool because you get to broaden your horizon a little bit, go to these different tracks. Um, if nothing else, it's experience. You get to practice talking to people and everything like that. Um, but it's just cool. Uh, I went to New Hampshire earlier this year and. When I went back there for the truck race, you know, I got to rely on my petty experience so much. So, um, it's definitely a great job. And, um, like I said, it just, 
it, it's more experience that you can put on your resume when you get back to these places. And I asked this to Tommy Joe last weekend, but if there's anything you could do to change the racing on the top levels, obviously uh, limited experience in the Xfinity where you may be racing, but uh, what would you do? Um, you know, it's, you know, it all comes back to money again. Um, you know, that's a tough question to answer really. Um, I, I just wish uh, more guys would get more opportunities. Um, at the lower level, you know, I, I think more people should be paying attention to these guys running 25th place, um, and 20th, you know, not looking at what equipment they're in, but what they're doing with what they got. Um, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it's sad how the sport has kind of gone, but, you know, I love it and I'm trying to be part of the show. So, um, I, I just, I just wish more of these lower guys would get noticed. Um, cause I think the racing would be a whole lot better. Um, the fans would get more involved and, not see it as a dollar sign. Right. And uh, speaking of some of the lower-level drivers, you mentioned Garrett Smithley, and I saw on Twitter that you were uh, possibly uh, hanging out with Ryan Ellis, and uh, it's a lot of caution. You need to be careful around that guy. He's uh, He has a couple screws loose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like but, I said, you know, he's a good friend of mine. He's helped me out a lot this year, and um, he he's the kind of guys that we need in this sport. You know, he just has fun with it, and um, – He's one of the best at what he does with social media and just taking care of equipment. Um, you know, people like him, and uh, like I said, he's a good role model this year. Um, the kid, he, he's he's done great with what he's ha- had, and um, he just no matter what, he stays positive, and that's what this sport needs. Great, and uh, I guess uh, one thing I'll just ask you here is uh, if there's any bucket list race that you have going forward, whether it's on a local level or. Uh or a national touring level, what would that be? Yeah, the next year, um, I'd like to run some local events. Um, you know, anything with four tires and a gas pedal, I, you know, I want to be in it. But uh, next year, we might run some late model stuff and our personal loan uh, late model stuff. And um, I really like to do snowball interviews, but that's just, that's a whole other ball game. That's That's another budget right there, so... Um, but we're going to do some late model races next year, um, for sure. If I, if I have the choice and, um, you know, it's just fun to go back to your roots of racing and, uh, go back to that, get out of the spotlight a little bit and, uh, go from there. Well, that's great. And, uh, so uh, one last question here, but um, assuming you may be making your way to Daytona, uh, well, how does the licensing procedure work, or when does you get approved, or how many starts do you need to make in NASCAR just to start working your way up through the different series to different tracks? Yeah, you know, it all depends, you know, kind of how uh, the races that we did. You know, if I could have done uh, my choice, you know, we would have started out kind of slow and did the smaller tracks, but the way the approval process was and how my budget was, we had to go half mile, mile, mile and a half, and then so on. So, um, I'm approved for Daytona and the trucks now. And, uh, after that, you know, um, it just keeps going, but, um, the approval process in NASCAR is very smart. It works, um, in different ways at times, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's a smart move, um, but we're good to go for Daytona, and um, I'm ready to go. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's that's awesome, Matt. We really appreciate you taking time tonight to join the Holler and Hammer Show on VictoryLaneRadio.com. I just had a couple quick random questions just to throw out there real quick. On a daily basis, what's parked in your garage? What does what does Matt Mills hop in and, and cruise around town in, car or truck? Oh, uh, right now I'm cruising a pretty fast Chevy Malibu 2010. It's it's pretty fast. (laughs) Now, uh, when you're driving that Chevy Malibu with whatever you got, the iPad, the the CD player, whatever you got, what's what's a couple songs right now if I hop in your seat would Matt Mills be playing on his uh, stereo system? Um, I'm kind of that teenager that listens to Metallica and some rock, so you probably probably find some Metallica. Yeah, this guy's not Tommy Joe Martins with, with a 31-year-old old, old man music. This guy's a little younger. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Metallica, can, I mean, you, you know, Metallica is good for everybody. Yeah, you can thank my dad on that one. <laughs> yeah. Now, one quick question. Young. Um, yeah, that's good. One quick question involving your dad. Now, you, your guys are so is on point. Your, your Facebook page, I tell everybody to go over there, Matt Mills Racing. Um, you guys are heavy on Twitter. You got um, Matt Mills Racing, and, and then your your actual race team has a page. What is that like with the social media? Is that is that your family and and your business running that, or you personally? Because you guys are heavy. You guys are you know everything on social media. So yeah, you know, uh, mainly my dad runs it and my manager. Um, but my dad he does really good keeping up with uh, the Twitter, Instagram, um, and Facebook. Um, but yeah, it it's a business. Um, but the Matt Mills Racing, we're just really trying to create a brand of it and get it more promotion. And um, like I said, my dad mainly runs it, and he does a very good job with it. Yeah, I tell everybody to head over to that page. Now, uh, we got about a minute left. Anything, um, anything you'd like to to uh, promote? Any, anything you'd like to you know tell the people that are listening out there? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just... Uh, really ready to get to Daytona. Um, no matter what I'm in at Daytona, I'm just ready to get there. It's already feels like a long off season, but we're keeping busy working on uh, sponsorship deals. Um, did an autograph session at the NASCAR Technical Institute the other day, promoting stocks for tots, which was really cool meeting a lot of people and, you know, to give back a little bit. So like I said, I'm just ready to get to Daytona and get the season started. That's great, Matt. Um, hopefully sometime during uh, 2017 we can get you back on the show and, you know, you can talk about, you know, races you've been in uh, in 2017. So we really appreciate you coming on the Hollywood with Hammer Show on VictoryLaneRadio.com. Absolutely. Thank you guys for bringing me on. It was fun. All right. All right. Thank you. Now, uh, Steve from Racing Underdogs is going to stay on with me here for one minute, but uh, Matt Mills, NASCAR Craftsman Truck uh, driver, the 07 Chevy Silverado Thomas Electric. And if anybody wants to head to his Facebook pages or his Twitter or anything, just head to anything Victory Lane uh, radio or anything with Hammer on any social media. I put Matt Mills Racing and all, all of his stuff all together in one spot. You guys can just go click on it and check him out. So, uh, Steve, we got a lot of information, you know, a lot of interesting information out of that interview, and a lot of it is different very different than Tommy Joe Martin's. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's it's amazing what uh, the right the right people at the right time will do, especially at the right age. Like, we keep going back to age. We talk about some of the Jeff Greens or David Starrs where if you're in 40, you're just kind of hoping you have a sponsor. But for someone who's uh, just on the cusp of 20, um, he made he didn't make a lot of late model stars, but the ones he did were key. And uh, it got the eyes of the right people. And... Uh, and four truck starts, now it looks like he's got an Xfinity deal cooking, whereas Tommy Joe's just looking to become a, a regular fucker. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty impressive story, really, for limited starts. Yeah, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm interested this year to see, to see what he does. You know, there was a lot there. If you read between the lines, you know, I mean, I don't have no top secret information, and I know you don't either. But if you read between the lines, it seems like he's got some plan for 2017, you know, you know, possibly Xfinity and stuff like that and, and other race teams. But real quick, before I let you go, just yep. like the, the Wyoming BYU real fast. <laughs> sure. when, when, Bowles, when Bowles went over there, I knew if Wyoming let him enact his plan, what he did in the Dakotas, that it would be successful. And here's why. He can pick talent. Like, Division Two. there's plenty of talent there. Look at NFL rosters. There's tons of guys from Division Two that are in the NFL. My cousin, personally, he's been on this program. He made it to the NFL with the Jets. Um, he was cut, but he ended up playing in, in, uh, in Canada and stuff like that. He was Division Three. So, you know, balls can pick talent that, that the, the big schools aren't going after. And what he did over there, I, I, I knew he could do. And uh, so basically, you know, as somebody in Wyoming, what is the buzz right now, like around town? I mean, it, it, 
is it wild or are people just kind of like, uh, like what's the, what's the attitude like in Wyoming anyone, right Yeah, anyone who went to the college is absolutely ecstatic. Anyone who went to the University of Wyoming is over the moon, and they can't stop smiling because they've had to suffer quite a while. <laughs> uh, and, you know, otherwise, a lot of these adopted oil field workers who kind of come here and kind of start just needing to root for something while they're out here, uh, you know, they're behind it. Um, but it's it hit and miss with them. But the local Wyomingites, they are they are really excited for this. I know at least uh, four coworkers who are getting ready to head out to San Diego. They're really excited. They got the Poinsettia Bowl. There's no other bowl games on that day, so they're hopeful that they'll get some exposure and maybe interest a few borderline recruits. Um, and they're hoping for more next year. But it, you know, it's it, it's better than it's been in a long time around here, and everyone's smiling. Yeah, the funny thing is, you said you, you said the oil workers, and I know, I know, uh, as personally worked in oil in Wyoming, you know, I know every single oil worker is a Wyoming cowboy fan, you know, and none of them are really from Wyoming. There's nothing right. else really to do there but root for the University of Wyoming with whatever <laughs> they got going on at that time of year. Now, real fast, um, what do you see with the basketball program for this year? Have you had time to watch any games or? I have not had time to watch any of the games, to be honest. Uh, you know, frankly, I've been stuck trying to get the Packers back above 500 and make sure Wyoming can get a place for Midwest uh, the Midwest Conference. I haven't paid much attention to basketball yet. I've been stuck in the pigskin mode. Maybe you can tell me how it's been going. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's not looking that great. Um, I wouldn't put no. no money on it. Uh, they've, 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 they've come close to losing pretty much every game that I've personally listened to. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't have their record written in front of me, but, but they, uh, you know, there's been years in the past where you thought something was going to happen. And there's been years in the past where they, you know, they went into the conference and, you know, dominated, you know, and we're not too far off from that. So that's yeah. why I was just asking you if you had a time to, you know, look through yeah, that well. yet. They're kind of, I went to Florida State, and that's the way Florida State's basketball program has been forever and a day. Just a few wins short of 20 wins some seasons, the rest of the season is kind of throwaways. But uh, it's, um, it obviously hasn't sparked any interest in my heart around here, so it can't be going too well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, uh, if you want to just tell everybody where they can find you at. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, on, on Facebook, I'm getting a little more active there. It's uh, the Racing Underdogs. The Twitter is at Racing Underdogs. I'm always on Twitter and um, working on the website. So, and then in a few uh, few weeks, we'll go roll out uh, Underdog Fantasy Racing, where you can only pick the, the bottom drivers from the field. And I usually have some sheet metal to get away with that. I'm just getting all that lined up, but I'll certainly let people know it's free to play and it's a lot of fun when you only have about. 10 drivers to pick from out of the whole field. And hey, you're, you're, you're a little more interested in racing for 30th than you are for the lead. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. So, uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, been a good. We're going on break, aren't we? I want to see you for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, check. I'm definitely going to check that out. All right, Steve. Uh, thank you. And uh, you'll be checking in 2017. Take care. I'll see you later, Hammer. Yep. All right. That was Steve from Racing Underdogs. You guys know where to check him out. If you don't, just go to Twitter, type in the ad symbol or whatever, Racing Underdogs. Um, same as Facebook, uh, Instagram. And uh, if you can't find it for any reason, just head over to any of my social media pages, and I pretty much tag him in everything I do. Um, so, so you guys can easily easily find him. Yeah, that was an interesting interview with Matt Mills. You know, young guy, you know, just starting out. And uh, he said a lot of things if you read between the lines. So, you know, I'm looking forward to looking at the Daytona sheets to see where he ends up, you know, and what he's qualifying at Daytona. So next up, we're going to have Calvin. He's a music producer and author. And uh, he's he's uh, Scott Sanders' friend who wrote the song, uh, do the Scott Sanders, which me and Scott Sanders, um, we're actually going to play the next time Scott Sanders comes on a program. So, you know, we're looking forward to that. Scott Sanders is, you know, been one of the, the 
the best guests I've had. He comes on anytime I ask him. He's, he's never, he, you know, he's, he just, he just calls in boom, you know, no issues, no problems. He's a great guy. I like having him on. I get big feedback when he comes on. So, so yeah, in uh, 2017, man, like I said, January, we were going on uncensored. My boy Patrick got there. Patrick, we're going uncensored all through January. It's going to be bananas. It's going to be a conversation like me and you have on a daily basis. So, uh, but getting back to the program tonight, on right now is Calvin Kohler, retired soldier, music producer, author, and and uh, good friend Scott Sanders. Calvin, how you doing tonight, sir? Hey, what's going on, Hammer? How you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing well. Um, me and you actually got to know each other through Scott Sanders through a song that uh, that you put out. Do the Scott Sanders. Scott does my program uh, quite often. And uh, he's, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's a, he's a great guy. He always comes on and, and mixes it up. And uh, he put me on to the, to the Duke of Scott Sanders. So if you'd like to just let everybody know real fast, you know, who Calvin Cooler is, and uh, we can go from there. All right. My name is Calvin Cooler. Originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, but I grew up a whole bunch of places, including Dallas, Texas, Lafayette, and I went to high school in Thibodeau. And uh, that's where Scott uh, me and Scott met at down in Tiburon, Louisiana, you know, I did some, uh, of course, you know, I was a soldier. I retired after doing 30 years of active duty and hey, it goes on and on and on from there, you know, even into writing the books and stuff. Yeah. And, and we'll go right into that. Writing books. Now you did put out a book and, uh, you're working on a, a children's book. Now, if you'd like to, if you'd like to touch on the book you already put out and, uh, go right into the children's book that you're currently putting out oh yes sir i I wrote a book on uh uh the book was they called me rooster it took me all the way back from my beginning all the way to the end when i retired out of the military and it it talks about my ups and downs it talks about my negatives it talks about my positive that is the first time i think i actually give people insight on what goes on or what happened within the rooster's life but you know getting back to the, the children's story you know uh i love kids I, I do my best. I do what I can. And I work with kids all over the place, like trouble kids. Cause you know, I, you know, I had a little trouble back when I was growing up back in the day. So I can reflect back on it. So I like to give back to the community. Well, when it comes to the kids, I got nieces and nephews. So they come with me every summer and they are the ones that really, um, uh, gave me the thought of writing a children's book because I see how inspired they be and how, how, how some of the things they do. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, kids are lovely. They're, they're just lovely. I just, I just love working with kids. And I tell you, those, those young ones right there to keep me on my toes, I'm getting a little older, but I think that book, they're going to love it because the, the actual characters in the book are those uh, my nieces and nephews. So they're the ones that inspired me to do this. Yeah, now, you know, I don't want to put personal information out there, but I saw a video and it was, it, it was cute and it was funny at the same time brings it to your military you were walking down the road you were walking down the road with with uh your nieces and nephews and they wanted uh they wanted to hop in the car and you kept walking <laughs> with them I, I i found that funny is that like a is that like a, a military thing or you was just you was just wanting them to walk no in any military we didn't have to go really far mr hammer we, we didn't have to go that far but what those kids don't understand is you know yeah i know i, I have three cars but sometimes these kids just think stuff is given to you. And, you know, and, and it was just one morning when I woke them up, I say, hey, you know, we went out, we cut the grass, we did a few things. I say, okay, well, this we're going to do. I'm going to get y'all some ice cream. How about that? Oh, yeah, Uncle Ruth, it's hot. Let's get some ice cream. I say, okay, let's go. We're going to the store. It's literally two blocks away from my house. And I know you're in New York, right? But these blocks here are not like New York blocks. You know, they are very small. So, uh, I opened the door, and they said, well, where are we going? I said, we're walking. Oh, Lord, Jesus, have mercy. They started cutting up. But, you know, I was recording while they were doing it, and, I mean, <laughs> they just need to realize uh, uh, sometimes there's nothing wrong with walking. Exercise. Exercise. That's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. But the looks on their faces, you know, they, and, and they were asking to hop in the car. It was, it was just funny, you know. 
People today is different. You know, everybody right. everybody wants to sit around. They want to play the video games. They, they don't want to do nothing anymore, you know, and that's yeah. it, it's, it's becoming a major problem. Hey, Ham, I got a question for you. Do you have any nieces and nephews? Yeah, I got nieces and nephews. I also, I also have three kids of my own. Yeah, guess what? I would almost 100% guarantee you that your nieces and nephews are not like mine. <laughs> you saw from the video. They just a little different. <laughs> yeah, well, kids, you know, all kids. I, I, I got three. I got three sons myself, and they're, you know, all three of them are different, and all three of them are, you know, wild in their own way. So, right, right. Kids are kids, and uh, you know, I'm, I, my kids, you know, yeah, get out there. You know, you got to do stuff, and you know, and. Yeah, I got nieces and nephews. I, I got nieces that just want to sit and they don't want to do nothing but video games and computers. And so I definitely, uh, definitely know how it is. Now, going right into back to the book. Now, the book, they call me Rooster. Um, where can people purchase that book if, if they like to, if they like to go out and, and read that book? Right now, the only place they're selling it right now is on Amazon and uh, on Kindle. If you get on Amazon Kindle, you have it free. You can download it for free. But other than that, you can actually download the book from Amazon. And, and I think it's, it's like maybe $5 or $4. But trust me, it is a very good read. Once once they pick the book yeah. up, they're not going to put it down. Once you once you start reading, you won't put it down. Everybody have their own story. And it's I think with me, I think some people think the book is more funny than anything. But... Everything in the book is true. Yeah, you you uh, you're I'm 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 actually going to go out on Amazon uh, this weekend and I'm going to get that book and I'm going to read it because you know I we're friends on Facebook so I see the you know the videos you put out and a lot of it a lot of the stuff is is very humorous you know some yeah. a lot of the videos you put out are very humorous um. One particular one the other day I watched it. I, I was rolling. I actually watched it a couple times. The uh, the motorcycle, the, the motorcycle <laughs> guy. So uh, you know that had me rolling. Yeah, come on. You got to think about it, though, Ham. He called me and he said he was in a motorcycle club. I said, Oh, I didn't know you had a bike. Well, he don't have a bike. Okay. Well, I knew he had some DUIs back in the day. I said, Well, you have a car? No. Well, you don't have even a license. So what type of prerequisite? They have where you can get in the motorcycle club and don't have no wheels and don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't have a motorcycle. Don't have. Yeah, that that uh, that was definitely funny. Now going right into, um, we're gonna get to the music because that's that's a big thing. But I, w- I would like yes, just sir. like to touch on your on your uh, military background. You have quite the extensions military background if, if if you'd like to just you know let the people know you know what you've done and you know the the years that you were you know all the yes, years sir. you did you know time for the service which we thank you for by the way victorylaneradio.com the hollow with hammer show you know we're very very into the military a lot of people involved in this station are former military so you can yes, go sir. ahead and just let everybody know i, I, I will i will tell you you know um even Scott probably could tell you back in, in when I was in high school as a basketball player, I was pretty decent. I was a, I'm a little short fellow. You know, I'm not like Scott, you know. Scott came back one summer. He had grew about six inches, and I was like, what is this guy drinking that I'm not getting? So the tallest I got was like 5'10", which I am right now. And uh, I, I knew when, uh, you know, I, I got a few scholarships to go to college, but I knew me, and I know that I knew that, number one, I didn't like studying. You know, if I had to do something, I was going to do it. Uh, and number two, I, my family wasn't that well off. Uh, so uh, I actually had a scholarship to go play at Mississippi State. But uh, I went, joined the Army behind everybody back. And uh, and I joined in 85, and I didn't get out till, uh last year. I got out last year. And so uh, I, have a, I went in as a fellow artillery cannon crew member. And I got out as a brigade command sergeant major. So uh, I, I've been a lot of places, you know, in 30 years, you know, <laughs> I've been a whole lot of places. Uh, and being at stateside, overseas, old corners, corners, yeah, I've been to a lot of places. 
So I, and so I th- I attribute that all to God for me making it back from wherever I've been. As as somebody who you know has traveled the world, obviously, and uh, basically business, what what what's like a couple areas of the world, you know, countries or that you enjoyed the most? Like, where did you like enjoy going to? Was there any like one particular spot? Believe it or not, Korea. I had a I had an awesome time in Korea. You learn you learn about the culture and all that. You know, because a lot of people they don't understand. You know, uh, if you, you you know they talk about Korea, they got North Korea, of course they got, and you know North Korea kind of bad, but South Korea, uh, you know, the North Korean dude though, he throw a, he, he throw slang and he don't really do nothing. He he's scared like anybody else. But if you in South Korea, oh my God, I had a good time out there. Even though I don't I don't drink, never did drink, never did smoke, I still had a wonderful time out there, enjoying the culture. And, uh, you know, I was out there doing music also, but soldiering, making sure we keep the whole home front safe. Right. Now, whenever they talk Korea, you know, on the on the mainstream news, it's only negative and it's, you know, North Korea. But I've heard a right. lot of people say, say that Korea is like a, a nice, a very nice place and, you know, like a fun place to visit. But, you know, what we see on, you know, CNN is, just all negative and it's all North Korea. You know, that's right. why I like to ask those questions of, you know, different different walks of life people and ask them, you know, questions like that. Now, right. on your travels, have you ever, like, were you ever stationed anywhere, like, a, like or not even stationed, but did you ever go to any places like Antarctica or Iceland or, like, Alaska or, or you know, Russia or any, any places like that, like super cold I- climate? Oh yeah, I've been to those places, but you know what? Well, believe it or not, you know I've been to Germany several times, and I used to hang out in uh, Amsterdam and Holland and the Netherlands and stuff like that. But believe it or not, out of everywhere I've been, the coldest place I've ever been is Fort Drum, New York. Okay, but I tell you, when I was in, I, I've been to, I did a hundred mile, there's a hundred mile march called Nine Million. I did that in the Netherlands, out in Amsterdam, and I tell you, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. It, it's something like the Mardi Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Now, now you you um, went straight into uh, like the music. You're a, you're a music producer now, and when I end this show tonight, I'm uh, I'm gonna play. I'm going to play one of your songs to go out tonight. Yes, sir. And uh, you're a music producer now. You've been involved with music, like, your whole life. Has that been an influence in your life, like, from as far back as you can remember? Guess what? To be honest with you, you're from New York, right? Yeah. New York, Connecticut, got, and Tri-State area. I got introduced by music at my second duty station uh, when I was in uh, Fort Polk. And it was a guy from New York. He he called me, you know, he called me in his room. And, you know, at that time, I didn't know what turntables or nothing like that. Because, you know, around the New Orleans area, the only thing we listened to was jazz, Mardi Gras. That's what I listened to. And I was into uh, exotic music and stuff like that. But I wasn't into rap music. So uh, once he called me in his room and, and he had a drum machine. It was way back in the day. It might have been one of them 12-something. I forgot what it was. So I started playing this beat on there, and he was like, yo, you playing instruments? I said, nope. He said, well, do hold on. Let's do something else again. So he put me on another track. So I made it. He was like, oh, my God, man, you you might just be a raw talent. I said, really? And from then, I started, you know, I started making music and, you know, buying equipment piece by piece. And, you know, I even, uh, uh, I started hanging around with a bunch of the actual celebrities, you know. I even been up to your hometown, and I went to East Flatbush and spent some time out there with Chubb Rock. And that was that was back in the, the, the 80s, like the late 80s. I came, to, uh, I came to New York. That was my first time. And I hung out, hung out in East Flatbush with Chubb Rock. And, you know, and I seen the way the guys in New York was doing it. They was doing everything in their basements and stuff like that. But then as time goes on, I, I learned it there, but because of, my culture and the way things go, you know, I really stuck with the down South music, even though don't get it twisted. Now 
Rakim, and all those boys up there. Oh man, I love to listen to them, man. Yeah, Rakim, you know, Mob Deep, and you know stuff like that, and even going back to like KRS-One, and right, know, all that stuff is is still relevant up here, and you know. It's it's kind of sad. The mainstream up here, I'm talking radio play only. I mean, we can get everything off the internet now if we search for it. But as right. a mainstream music play only, Hot 97 out of New York or 105 or, you know, the few stations left up here, down south music that we get, it's, you know, we had Little John just stuffed down our throat to the point where they don't even play that no more. And right. then, you know, it was it was No Limit. They killed it with right. No Limit. And then straight into cash money and then straight into um little John. You know, so right. you know, and then and then right around that time it switched to Houston and it was just up here the down south music we were getting on mainstream radio was strictly Houston and it was, you know, the Mike Jones, the Paul Wall, Slim Thugs, stuff right. like that. And then that died out. And what we right. have right now as down south music is what what I actually uh, was talking to you yesterday, uh, messaging was like the mumble rap that's going on right. now. And that, that was leading into my question on like the state of hip hop today, you know, right? like the state of it, you know, cause even, even the hip hop artists up here, you know, your Cassie, your Papoose, your Jada Kiss, freestyle. Kids oh man. Boy. Those guys, hey. And they don't, they don't care. The mumble guys don't seem to, to care. They're like, hey, we're here and this is what we're doing and we're making money. So that's why I was asking you, uh, you know, your idea on the current state of hip hop. I, I would tell you this, though. I, I, well, I seen Papoose, you know, I didn't really know him, but I heard his name, but I seen Papoose freestyle. Man, that guy's cold. Him and Jadakus, they they some of my best, my favorite rappers up there. But however, I, I got to say this about the down south music. You know, of course we know. Uh, who really hit off with the, the music up there? It was UGK when they did Big Pimpin' with uh, Jay Z, you know. And to be honest with you, uh, if you you Jay Z was not getting no play down here, we, I mean, I didn't, I never heard of Jay Z until Big Pimpin' came out because I was down with the UGK, the Master P, the the No Limit Cat Money because I'm from that area. But when you talk about that 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 mumble rap, man, I I tell you it. It's taken by surprise, but I really do believe that it's going to turn back around and it's going to come back to the actual conscientious rappers. I think that's what they're going to do. But, I mean, you know, but for to say they're not planted up there, I will tell you, they got some boys down here. Uh, and, you know, I think they done got away from the mainstream and they can they can go platinum independent down here. Like Lil Boosie, man. Hey, these people going crazy over Lil Boosie. And you know I'm not knocking him. I love what he's doing. You know they're going, they going, yeah, they're going crazy over Lil Boosie. And me myself, I always listen to people like Scarface, and I listen to uh, well, all all the Ghetto Boys. I listen to the Hot Boys. I listen to uh, uh, No Limit, Cash Money. Of course, I know, I know, uh, I I've met Master P on several occasions to do a few things. And of course, I know C Murder. That's I know him. I know C Murder pretty good. And of course, BG. That's my little homeboy. I mean. He doing a little time right now, but hey, free BG. He gonna be getting out there soon. But them, them my boys right there. So I, I believe it depends on where you at and what music you gonna listen to. Cause you know when I was in New Jersey, uh, I was at the barbershop one day, and uh, and one of the guys was talking to me about down south music versus, you know, he said down south we got that country slang, but nothing wrong with it. I think any music that somebody can get a message out on, hey. Have fun doing it. Yeah, it ba basically, still to this day, any club you go into in Connecticut, New Jersey, in New York, Friday or Saturday night, within the mix, within two hours, you're going to hear some old No Limit. You're going to hear older cash money, like the BGs that you were talking about. You're going you're gonna to hear that stuff, uh, the, all the old No Limit, the mysticals and all that murder you're going to hear that stuff still to this right. day in the clubs of Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. But I, I'm I'm talking like actual like radio play. You know, it's it's just not yeah, here not. right now, and it's like, you know, right. I just think that you know, 
I, I think it's just a sectional thing. I ain't talking about no war. no Because, for instance, like down south here, we don't, I mean, me personally, I don't hear too much from the West Coast. Yeah, I, I hear Snoop Dogg every now and then and a few of the other guys out there, but I, I, we really don't get that too much. Even like, like Dr. Dre, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we don't get Dr. Dre too much on his end. But I tell you what, your homeboy, 50 Cent, he still get played down here. Right. Yeah, but 50 right. Cent now, was Cal- smart, though, what he, he, he was smart what he did, though. 50 Cent got, he got Young Buck, who's from, from, from uh, uh, Memphis, right? Young Buck is from Memphis, I think. Uh, and then you got, uh, no, he's from Nashville. And then he, he went, he got, he got a few other guys. And as a matter of fact, 50 Cent got a guy on his team right now from New Orleans. Yep. Now, Calvin, I got to get you back on in 2017. Me and you could go on forever. I'm up against the clock. I got to put your song on right now. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you very much, Calvin Collar, for coming on. And I'll link everything up on Facebook. I appreciate it. Coming hey, on God right now hey. is the song. Yeah. Can, can I say something? Thank you. Hey, just, yeah, hey, just, I just want to free my little, home, free my little homeboy, BG, and I, I want to say uh, what's up to my, my fiance, Pamela. All right. Thank you, Calvin. Now, coming on right now, the Hollywood Wood Hammer Show is over 2017. Here we come. This is the song they call me Rooster. The Rooster? Yeah. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Too easy. This song right here is going out to my partner, Mari. Mari Wright. I told you I got you, man. But the biggest thing to remember is I told you I'm going to never forget where I came from. And for the record, so many clubs out here believe I got the nickname Rooster for music or from my fraternities. Uh-uh. My mom and uncle always said I've been called Rooster since I was about three or four years old. But you gotta feel it. It's just like that. Ha ha! In the middle of the Millen Project, Pelican Street, we used to hang on the curb. I was taught how to play ball, but Chubb and her, the cat on Dove Lane, used to make it the kite. I remember the parties at Golina's house, always a packed crowd, jamming off, playing the rock, and pairing more pop lock and doing the robot. Took a cereal like the big unit on the mound. Sometimes drunk, sometimes sober. Call old Tim around like a bulldozer. Frustrated, so get your mind right. Nickel State. College strippers at beaters tonight. Mr. Cleward didn't take mess from the car. Walking around the hood, no draws, no socks. Uh-huh. Miss Chris used to cook gumbo all the time. At least once a week, I stopped by to talk to Pine. He used to live next door to Calais Morgan. I ride across the street from the project office.
where you came from. Never had me with the rooster. Joining us for this edition of Bump and Run. Check us out next Monday at 7 p.m. on the Victory Lane Radio Network. Couldn't hear the show live and want to hear it again? Tell your friends you can hear it all on VictoryLaneRadio.com. 